Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. I'm actually uh, quite proud of us out of an incredibly boring week on the uh, footy front. We've actually got some excitement we for this podcast. We have created some content. For the first time in about three years, we've actually got something different going on. We're innovating by using innovations, Banjo, is what we're doing. Yes. Uh, I'm always joined by you, but I'm not always joined by Stringer himself of Stringer's Innovations fame. Welcome. It's, it's a pleasure to be back. Um, it's been too long. Yeah, obviously Stringer's Innovation is the most famous segment we have on this podcast. When, when um, was the last one that we did for Innovations? I'll be able to go back and check, but at the latest it was season two. Oh, and early season two. How many did we do? We did about three or four, probably. I and think it, three. Uh, at least four. We were t- you reckon four? Yeah. We were talking about doing like a few per season. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, yeah, no, oh, probably there, what not. Was it? The tap forward, the football rink, the. Um, uh, you had the uh, helmet cam. Helmet cam, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah, think anymore. <laughs> I think there, I think there, oh, there was the, uh, the, long, the long runner. Kicking, kicking for goal, yeah, yeah to run the clock down. That's been mentioned since as well. Yeah. That's been around on Facebook. Oh, but we and won't stuff. talk about how many innovations you've had. We meant more how many times you've been on the pod, which I don't think is four times. Has he featured in the pissed grand final episodes as well? To be fair, he's filled in for me and for you, so you definitely. Oh, uh, true, been on actually. Yeah. You are, you are a, Pro- a true friend yeah, of the pod, isn't veteran. he? True friend of the pod. Yeah, veteran podcaster with your five appearances. But Anyways, let's get to it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Somehow we're actually making our segments continue, even though there's been no football yeah. this week. So the we first segment, the bit. and as we know, the best segment every week is our Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The title of the segment, Stringer oh, Likes this, this where's, Movie. Where's this come from? Stringer, all right. The title comes from the film Happy Gilmore. You like that film, don't oh, you? Yeah, 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 have you yeah, seen yeah, it? Good film, yeah, I've seen well, that, once yeah. or twice? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. I yeah, could have seen... sworn you could say recite the entire thing word for word. Maybe that should be. How many times do you reckon you've watched Happy Gilmore? I was actually thinking about this the other day. I I would say it's my most watched film ever. I (laughs) would not doubt that. (laughs) I reckon it would be if you're setting a line, probably around fifty. Yeah, yeah, I reckon I've probably seen it about that many times as well. So quite a few times I have heard the line, which is from the movie, which is a gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit. And most weeks we give three, two and one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, Not a lot of football on this week, but we've still managed to keep gold jacket, green jacket going. So just the one gold jacket, green jacket game of the round. Can I just say, the most gold jacket, green jacket game ever. This game. Yeah, all right. Can you stop cutting me off just as I'm about to go to my, my bit? String, yeah, no. uh, banjo. Well, no, the VFL was great. Nankervis kicking a goal to come back from 40 points down yeah, in the last quarter. That was awesome. All right, that guys. Fit the bill. Stop hijacking my segment, guys. Gold jacket, green jacket this week. We have Victoria 293 defeated the All Stars 287. So to those teams, we say. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? It was a charity game. It was made a mockery of by the people playing, and it was the last ever game. It was the last ever game of AFLX, or maybe I don't know. Uh, what are you talking about? What did the you EJ like? It did you stream? Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, about the EJ Witten Legends game. You, you're a big fan, are you? Mate, have you ever seen a like, look at the scoreline? This was. <laughs> It what did the, set a record for the highest score of match ever. It, it did. This uh, is the AFL's dream, mate. This is fast, 
Free-flowing, high-scoring football. Yeah, think of the ad breaks. Yeah, and it was close as well. Finished with a shootout and everything. Look, I have to level Absolutely. with you with you all. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I can't say that I sat down and watched it. If you time. had to watch it, it wouldn't have been in this But segment. no, in fairness, I actually am in general, I'm a fan of the AJ Wynn Legends game. I watch it pretty much every year, apart from this year. Um, and <laughs> no, I generally do enjoy it. I don't mind it. It's there for a charity event. It's there for a little bit of a laugh and I enjoy watching the idiots run around I reckon we've had some good moments over the years on the EJ Whitten Legends game just yeah, take it for what it is and it's a bit of fun low when it had uh, Steve Price and Gary Richardson on it though um, was that this year yes uh, Steve was... Price was in it was yes. it mate if you want to sort of re- sort of recap of the, um, the game I, if you go to any local park on a Saturday afternoon and if you can find a bunch of sort of middle-aged blokes kicking a footy around, it's general the general vibe. But would it be as exciting as AFLX? Where are yeah, we going to see that AFLX, around? So it's Probably, obviously yeah. that's pretty that's pretty thrilling. Probably, yeah, it's um, we were it, 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 for most of the night. It did seem as though there was a rule that they couldn't get within two meters of one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I didn't hear the greatest review on SEN this morning. A lot of callers uh, calling in. Not not particularly happy with uh, the standard of the game. EJ would be rolling in his grave. Oh no, he wouldn't. I'm sure EJ enjoyed a good laugh, and it was a bit of fun. No Raise some money for right charity. Anybody, Scott. I hear the ratings were actually quite good. I hear they were kind of comparable to any other Friday night game, which is no way. I, I've I've heard that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, no, I think that's actually true. Well, well, there's no this, other this football not even, on. Not even like Carlton are playing Friday nights this year. I really question that. No, I don't look, I, look, I, I, I haven't got the actual is. figures in front of me, but I have heard that around. They the, the rated quite well, and it's a bit of fun, and everyone just needs to grow up a little bit and just enjoy a bit of a laugh during the buy round. So I, I don't mind it, but it probably was a bit gold jacket, green jacket. I will <laughs> yeah, concede that. That's probably enough point. EJ Witten Legends game <laughs> content. Let's move on. Well, what else happened this weekend? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's what we're talking about. That's why we're doing a pre- Preview of what happened on uh, what's going to happen next week. What's going yeah. to happen next week? Yes, we got it out eventually. So we're going to start with the West Coast Essendon game. What will probably be the Gold Jack Green Jack game of the round? Yeah, I would say it probably is odds on favourite. West be. Coast are going to flog them. We we never really like saying any uh, finals, uh, Gold Jacket Green Jacket games, but I would say yeah, there's a reasonable chance it's going to be. Look, so Shannon Hearn. Looks unlikely he's going to play. That would really that, hurt if this was going to be close. Don't be too much of a grump, Banjo. Do you give Essendon some sort of a chance? No. I think the one argument you can make for Essendon is I do think their best football is very, very hard to stop. If they actually manage to play their best, if they have a bit of energy around the ball and then they you know, start moving the ball as quickly as they can when they're at their best. And they can get a... They'd need to start really, really well, but they'd be a sniff, wouldn't they? But West Coast, I don't think, are a particularly good side for them to play at their best because they've got great (laughs) intercept marks, which cuts off a lot of what their run will be. And their forward line is so quick, their forward pressure will actually be able to keep up with a lot of what Sard and McKenna do. So they're going to get nullified, even if they're replaying really attacking football they have to win at the contest to give themselves any chance and I don't think they can do that yeah especially with Nick Nat back yeah you do have to say throughout the course of the year it hasn't been the contest work that has been the strength of Essen and they managed no. to score off and off ter- opposition turnovers which probably isn't what West Coast give you too much of plus they probably rel- and they probably rely a little bit as well on gaps in the opposition defence another thing which uh, West Coast don't do too often so look I, I-, I will say if West Coast play to their best i could see it being an absolute so what's, thumping. what's I the margin you. make your tip ah uh, realistically i'd say 
West Coast by 54 points would Ooh, probably be my prediction. I did not think you'd be more pessimistic about how close this game was going to oh, be. Oh, really? I've got seven goals. Yeah, okay. Stringer, you have a prediction for the game? Um, uh, yeah, I think West Coast will win. I'm really glad we had you on. <laughs> how, how much <laughs> buy are you saying, Stringer? Um, do we know what the weather's going to be? <laughs> um, no, I don't. Not off the you top of my head. You have put in a lot more thought than we ever <laughs> will. <laughs> no, I've got no idea. Um, Ten goals. Okay. All right. So he's, so he's sitting fairly similarly to what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but look, they basically just need to get old mate Tipper going. And if that happens, it is possible. A bit of a razio get him going as well. They're, they're the real X-Factor players who would probably give them a chance to at least get the game There is close. a 0% chance of rain. Oh, okay. Um, then 11 goals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. 11. Let's move on to the interesting game, which you might have a bit more of an opinion on, given it includes your own team. Geelong and Collingwood at the G Friday night. The Unfortunately, G. the only game we'll be able to go to. The only Melbourne game. But is it, hang on, isn't this at, um, in Geelong? No, unfortunately, the uh, AFL did not uh, find it in their wisdom to give the home side the home game. So it's at oh, your home ground. Is that? Oh, I didn't. No, they've, they've kept that quiet. Um, You're an absolute smart ass stringer. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been a big issue. I just assumed because Geelong finished top, they'd um, they'd get you know the final at home. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to say this game, for me, it was probably the most interesting game out of the round, I, I believe, in the sense that I, I don't really know which way it'll go, and it does make a big difference to the state of football heading into the finals. Rega- who does. wins this is a very big difference to how the, how the season's going to end yeah, well, up shaping whoever up. wins this is a real chance to make the grand final. They'll have the oh, good yeah, side of the draw. The second, the loser might go out in straight sets. So the that's what might go out in straight sets. But you reckon the one that makes the prelim will be a chance to make the granny, yeah? I hate you. I don't know why I had you on. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. They, whoever they play in the prelim will be a much easier draw than the winner of Brisbane and Richmond. Yep. And yeah, it, shut up. I hate you so much. You have completely ruined my train of thought. No, I agree. You talk, Scott. <laughs> All right. So uh, Geelong Collingwood. So So... This is, it is an interesting game because Collingwood's been... They've not looked too flash. They've come in a little bit, little bit more form, but they've got some big inclusions. Big inclusions. Uh, I think Dugowie and Stevenson are the two, two big ins. Um, and uh, that'll make a big difference around the Collingwood forward line. But, um, yeah, thoughts? A question which I would like to raise is... Do you think it is possible there's going to be too many changes made to a Collingwood team heading into finals on the big stage? Uh, they've had a very unstable team for a, a lot of the year, a lot of injuries around. And I feel like we're at the point there's potentially going to be five or six players who would be put in pretty important positions for them. Coming in, maybe not 100% fit, having to sort of fit into the structure straight away. Obviously, Stevenson hasn't been in there for a good half of the year. But Could that create a little bit of stability against a team, Geelong, who are one of the best structured teams going around? And they, they, they know their game inside and out. Um, I reckon that, that is kind of an interesting yeah, point. There's an element of it could be an advantage, though, because Geelong would have... The only vision they'll have of recent football at Collingwood will be with a completely different forward line than what they're going to face. There, there could be an element of surprise that 
gives Collingwood an advantage. But I do agree on the whole that it's more likely to hurt them than, than help them. They haven't had any consistent run in and a lot of those players will be underdone. I, I don't think I've ever heard something coming out of a club before of it's a disadvantage for a team to be playing a team who have an unstable team. No, <laughs> no. Although the Dogs got everyone back in the first week of finals and it did them all right. Is Dugowie definitely going to play? I think the last time I checked it, it seemed unlikely. He'll play. Okay, I think Moore's going to play. Stevenson will definitely Moore's come playing, in. Moore's playing, yeah. Stevenson will come in. Yeah. Moore will play, yeah. Sidebottom's definitely in? Uh, yep, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Well, not definite, but most likely. <laughs> oh, well, glad we had uh, Dr. Peter Larkins on board. <laughs> <laughs> Do I read the same news as you? <laughs> anyway, who's winning? Uh, I, I do find this this is definitely the hardest one to tip for me I will say Geelong probably for, for that reason that they have more of a stable team and they've although they had their slow patch for the middle of the year and they haven't been as convincing the last, they haven't been super convincing the last month or so I feel like they've had a more consistent run at it they have a more stable team and they'll, they'll be able to sort of get themselves going a bit more than Collingwood yeah and their last three weeks have been a little better they've beaten two mediocre sides and barely lost to one of the best sides in the competition away so their last three weeks hasn't been too bad in comparison to their form prior to that. So I think they're getting it together. I think they'll win by about three goals. String. Pies will win. Pies will win. I'll stake my career on Co- comfortably. Stake your career on that. <laughs> Your career on this podcast. Yeah. Comfortably, Stringer, is that what you're saying? Uh, Give a margin. I'm not prepared to say it'll be comfortable. I, I, they'll win. I guarantee it. So <laughs> a point is what you're going with? It you guarantee that they'll win by a close amount. <laughs> Oh, not by close. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they, could, they could win by 20 yards. I'm just saying that they'll win. So anywhere between 1 and 120 points is what yep. you're going with. Yep. Hey. All right. Really narrowing we, 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 we really make the big calls on this podcast. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a segment where it is about the big calls. It's time for Kane Corn's Call of the Week, everyone's actual favourite segment. Oh, it's, a, it's a, I've said this many times. It's a very good segment. It's not I would not one. have to say that every week if you didn't lie off the top of every pod with your propaganda about Gold Jacket Green Jacket. Everyone loves but Gold Jacket Green Jacket. But nevertheless, it's where we take look at the biggest call in the media and take it to bits and then make one of us, ourselves to humble ourselves a bit. Let's take it away. This week we've got Kane Corns himself bringing it, bringing it in time for finals. He's heading into finals. The big up. man himself has gone bang. Yeah, so he's come out with, a, unsurprisingly, a Port Adelaide-related comment. Yeah, but it's a negative Port Adelaide-related comment. No, he, it's, he, yeah. it, that doesn't stop him. He can be yeah, negative about Port Adelaide. He's just big extremely. Adelaide. Yeah, but he's always negative about Adelaide. We know that That's much. true, that's <laughs> true. And he's gone, if someone can, came and said, here's a first-round pick for Ollie Wines, I would absolutely be taking that. Have you listened to this call in context? Is this him suggesting that they should get rid of Ollie Wines or is he just saying that oh, it wouldn't be the worst thing if he, he went? I think he thinks they need to restructure up their midfield and they've got too many inside ball winners that are too similar to him with Rockliffe and all the rest and he's not that great so they can afford to let him go. The problem with that, he's their captain. He's also the youngest of those midfielders by an absolute mile. He's the only one that'll be around when Rosie and Dersmer and... Butters hit their prime. It makes absolutely no sense if they want to go young. 
This is the this is the beauty of Kane Corns, though, isn't it? This is him at his absolute best. He gets these things. There's a little skerrick of truth about it. It, it makes a little bit of sense. That I, I don't disagree with him the idea of they have too many inside midfielders. Perhaps they need to make a change there. And like there is some sense to that. But he's sort of he'll look at it and he'll try to blow it out in the biggest way possible to get the biggest headline he can. So what's he going to say? The team that I used to play for, they should get rid of their captain. Yeah, <laughs> it's just we've Kane had two captains best. change teams in the last twenty years, haven't we? Ryan Griffin, yeah. Lee oh, yeah. Colbert. Uh, okay. Lee Colbert, yeah, all right, all right. Well, that was 20 years ago, so that's the bookend. Did, it's a nice round number, and I wanted to go with it. Not at the time. Does he hate Ollie Wines, you reckon? He, he was real hard on Ollie at the start of the year with the old Achuka, They played together, didn't they? Uh, so he could hate him from when injury. they played together. He could just think he's a flog. Uh, I don't well, know. It's, Ollie Wines has been in the league for six years or seven years. He seems to sling some sort of grudge at him. I thought it was completely unreasonable him having a go at him about going water skiing during his off-season. All he wines is the right to do that. And it was an unfortunate injury that happens when you get involved in any sort of physical activity. He seems to have it out for all Ollie Wines, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon it's a personal grudge from when they played together. Maybe Ollie Wines wasn't too happy when Kane went off to become a fireman. Is, that, is this your... Uh, this is your big call, is it, that... Kane Corns hates Ollie Wines from when they were playing. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, that? you know what? It's not, but let's 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 analyze this a bit more. This is my theory. Kane Corns left the club to become a fireman, and I think Ollie Wines, in a moment of leadership, stood up and said that's not okay. But Kane Corns didn't listen and ran away anyway. That's why I think they don't like it. Look, highly speculative banjo, but there is a possibility of that. I suppose I have some it's not completely impossible. <laughs> he hates Ollie Wines, and he did run off to become a fireman. Yes, you do, no you do evi- have that much evidence. We have evidence no evidence to the contrary. Yeah, all right. All right, Banjo. We want to go with uh, my cane Yeah, let's go with starting yours. Starting off, Banjo. Oh, this is one, like, often we go with some pretty dumb calls in our cane corns as a, a bit of a laugh, but this is one I actually genuinely believe in. I think they should scrap the All-Australian captain. I think the All-Australian captain, they don't know what it is at the moment. They're very confused about it, and it doesn't really have a role to play anymore. No, it means absolutely nothing to anyone who gets it. I just, I'm, I was just thinking about it during the week. If you look at the the past and how it's worked out, it's so historically it was this idea of try to pick out the best captain you can out of the All Australian team. But they had a problem about was it five or six years ago when they made Joel Selwood captain in a year when I think, I think everyone. Got, was of the opinion that Joel Selwood was put into the team purely for the reason. Yeah, he to didn't be deserve captain. to be in the team, and then he was made captain. He probably didn't have an All Australian standard year, and then there were no captains or leaders in the team, so it felt like they put him in just to make him captain, and they copped a lot of heat for that. And then from that, I reckon following, they said, "Okay, we'll stop doing that. We'll just pick the twenty-two, and then we'll try to pick a captain out of that." And there was a couple of years when there wasn't a clear leader in there, and it felt a bit sort of flat. So they wanted to get a bit more positivity into it. Then they did the whole Buddy Franklin thing, the whole. Well, they call it the legacy selection yeah. for him to be captain last year. The thing about that was year. there was a captain of an AFL club that had been yes. very successful in that side. It's not like they didn't have another option. I would be fine with the legacy pick being a backup plan if there was no... I wouldn't be fine with that ever, I don't think. I, I think it lost all credibility last year when that happened. And yeah. then it's got to this year, and I, I cannot see any rational reason why Nathan Fife would be the All-Australian captain. I mean, if you're picking the best captain out of the lot, it's probably Shannon Hearn. If you're going with the, the legacy thing, it would be perhaps Pendlebury. Dangerfield's been All-Australian once seven times or whatever. If you want to go with that sort of thing, there were more options ahead of Fife. Fife yeah. just feels like it's a... 
they just like him and it's a gut feel. It'd be cool to make five captain. And it's just, it's got to the point it doesn't really serve a purpose either because we have the whole best captain voted by the players thing. They've got that. What is the point in having an All-Australian captain anymore? To be fair, the it's, best there, captain no voted by the players it. is often Tex Walker. So I'm not sure we should judge that It was twice, Banjo. It hasn't been for a while. Who was it this year? I don't know. I didn't pay attention. I think it was Hearn, actually. Probably. I think it was Hearn, which means he probably should have been All-Australian captain. But I, I just, I don't think there's any purpose for it anymore. And it, it's too hard to do because you are picking the best players. You're not picking the best it's captains. also a completely agree. subjective thing, how good someone's leadership is. Yes, that, that, that's another factor to it as well. Who's going to... If you don't have a captain, who's going to pump the boys up in the rooms before the uh, before the game? Did they name a coach on the night? Who's going to do the toss? No, they didn't. Did I don't they? know. So There's no All Australian coach. I don't know. What's the point? All Australian coach is a Premiership coach, isn't that? It might be. But why wouldn't the All Australian captain just be the highest ranking membership leadership person from the Premiership side on the All Australian team? No, they, 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 have, they, have, they have coach of the year, but they don't have an All-Australian coach. It's kind of a separate thing. the Australian coach is the premiership coach. What, and they leave it a month to make that... That's, that's, what is the point? Just pick your it bloody 22. It is another 22. meaningless picture. I don't I disagree with it, but let's move on because Alex is having none of it. What's your one, Banjo? No, we'll, go with, we'll go with Alex's. My big yeah, call. Yeah, what's your big call? Oh, I, I've got a big call that I don't think anyone's, um, anyone's come out with yet, but it's... Um, it's it's about time I think that the for a second team on the Gold Coast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need some reasoning behind this. Yeah, no. Remember, if you're trying to imitate your best cane corns, as I say, he gets a little skerrick of truth and he blows out of proportions. Where is your skerrick of truth out My of this? My skerrick of truth is it's not just a skerrick of truth. I've got a ton of truth in this. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I look forward to hearing. The it. Gold Coast Suns are not doing well enough. They're not. They're not. <laughs> They're not performing to the required standard. They're not... I don't think anyone could possibly say that the, the Gold Coast Suns are going well. And the reason is, I think, because if you look at... <laughs> you look yeah. around the league, all right, and every city represented in the league has at least two teams, save for Brisbane, but they've been... Until this year, they haven't been great. What so, they need is a bit of competition. <laughs> they need someone... Someone there to... Uh, to compete with and to, to someone there to actually motivate them to be better. So you're not of the theory that the Gold Coast and Brisbane are practically the same city? No. God, it's as far away <laughs> as like... Have you been to the Gold Coast? It's like an hour <laughs> drive. It's so close. Yeah, but it's an hour by car, but it's... It's, 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 it's a like, long way to walk, I agree. It's like going to a different country, mate. It's, it's a... What's, what's the difference between Sydney and Western Sydney? Yeah, <laughs> With Blacktown and Sydney Centre? I don't know, probably about now. Uh, they're both called Sydney. <laughs> that, so it's the name the that's Gold important. Coast is is it? <laughs> <laughs> the Gold Coast Suns would be a better side if there was another team on the Gold Coast. Less player retention issues, you reckon? Because there's Absolutely. so many people have to go there. Yeah, because all their mates are going on. There'd be, yeah, there'd be more mates of theirs. <laughs> there'd be more okay. mates, yep. Yeah, and, and there'd be more and AFL fans because there'd be twice as many AFL teams. And true. therefore, twice as many <laughs> AFL and fans. And you'd have twice as uh, you'd have two options. So yep. whichever one performs worse over the next period of time, you'd be relocated to Tasmania, and you'd still have one up there. I was thinking when they introduced Tasmania because we don't, Gold Coast yeah, well, we don't want another, we don't want another an un- uneven number of teams in the comp. We need another team. Why not the Gold Coast? Because Perth could have another Why team. Why not the Gold Coast? Because Canberra could have another team. <laughs> <laughs> Perth have two teams. Yes, and there's a million and a half 
people city or two million people I, city. I, I genuinely think it would be a lot more viable to have another Victorian team than a Gold Coast <laughs> team. And, uh, that, that says quite a bit. And we are probably too many Victorian teams by uh, multiple. By a lot. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, Banjo, over to you now. Yeah, so I, I wanted to save this because mine involves a little bit of a hard truth for you, Scott. You're not going to want to hear this. Um, I'll get some tissues for you because you're probably going to cry. <laughs> Jared Witts is objectively a better ruckman than Max Gorn. And I don't know how the All-Australian selectors got it wrong. They're known for getting things wrong. Ben Brown. They often get things wrong. But Jared Witts this year broke the world record, world record, for most hitouts in a competition. World record. <laughs> world record for most hitouts in the league. Mate, Maxwell Gorn is a three-time All-Australian champion. All right. And now bow down to him. How many times has uh, Ben Brown been All Australian, Banjo? That's not what we're talking Todd about. Todd Goldstein, how many times has we're he been All Australian? Ben Cunnington, how many all times has he been All Australian? All we need to focus on is how many hit outs in a season. Because that's the only measure we ever have to judge Ruckman by, isn't it? Because <laughs> I think you made that case when Max Gorn got the record. I think you said that's a pretty clear indicator of who's the best. Oh, I did not. So I mean, what we need to reflect on is that this logic is universal. It can't just apply to the context you want it to. And now I think you have to do the listeners a favour and actually admit that Jared Witts is a better Ruckman. What was the stat that you gave me last week about the percentage that are at two advantage? Isn't it the lowest in the competition? The it's percentage? not. It's 29th out of 30. But still. <laughs> <laughs> and he never gets the ball. But still. That's, let's blame his midfield for that. Wait, wait. They can't win a contest. Should he have been ahead of Grundy himself. then if he had more hit outs than Grundy as well? That what he you're absolutely saying? should be. But the point so Grundy this, should have been on the bench is the what you're saying. The point of this is not about any other Ruckman. It's not even about Jared Witts. It's about Max Gorn and Max Gorn <laughs> not being the best ruckman in the competition. It's a bit sad, isn't it? Like, I mean, you got so excited that Goldstein had the most hitouts ever yeah, back broke- when he did. He got overtaken by Max Gorn. It's like, look, you would have been upset about that, but at least, look, Max Gorn is a very good ruckman. It's now bloody Jared Witts has the record. So it completely destroys When Todd the- Goldstein <laughs> broke the record, it was a 35 or 33-year-old record or something. Yeah. It was set in 1984. By North Melbourne champion Gary Dempsey. And, uh, yeah, North Melbourne champion Gary Dempsey. And since then, it's been broken two more times. <laughs> stoppages, eh? There's a fair few stoppages in football these days. Yeah. But, no, Maxwell is still the best ruckman. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised you didn't ask by how much better is Jared Witts a better ruckman. Because the answer's six hitouts. And I think you really needed to look at the gulf in between the two of them and really reflect on that. So, when next week, I'll give you a week. You don't have to say it now, but... After you've had some time to just process the information, I want you to come back next week and admit that Jared Witts, and I want to repeat this, Jared Witts is a better Ruckman, objectively better Ruckman than Max Gorn. I think I, one of my Kane Corn's calls earlier in the year was something along the lines of Jared Witts being the most underrated player in the competition. So like, I've, I've been very, very supportive of Witts. To, He's had a very good now, year, but he's not as good as Max Gorn. But, he's right? had, but he had more hitouts. Than anybody ever. He did have more hitouts, but he's not as good in other areas of the game, Banjo. If you rocked an entire season for the Gold Coast, how many hitouts do you reckon you'd get? Oh, it wouldn't be many. I'm like, what, Rory? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious to know how many you reckon you'd get. Let's say 22, one a game. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, I reckon. I'd back myself for one and a half a game. No, I think I'd get... Uh, there's those contests where they occasionally don't put someone up. Yeah, yeah. If you're rucking well, the entire season, if, yeah. If, if they're rucking against us, they would put somebody up. It wouldn't have to be the ruckman going yeah, up against true. one of us. It could be like I think I'd get, I'd get more possessions than I would hit outs. And I yeah, think I'd get more hit out, I'd get more possessions from free kicks being given to me 
by the other Ruckman, then yeah. I would hit outs. No, I don't want to imagine either of you playing AFL football, to be honest. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, GWS versus the Bulldogs in... I wish this was interesting, but I think the Bulldogs will just smash them. I think that is interesting, though, Banjo. I'm still quite excited for this game on the for the reason that I think if the Bulldogs win this game comfortably and keep their wave of momentum going, that I still think that is the most exciting thing out of this final series is to see what the Western Bulldogs can do. Only if they play Richmond in the second week of finals. I don't want them playing Brisbane and knocking Brisbane out. <sighs> yeah, if they're playing Brisbane, either team. If they win it, you'd be pretty happy about it. Like, well, you no. wouldn't be, but people would be pretty <laughs> happy about it. It would be an exciting thing. Yeah, like, maybe, but I, I want Brisbane to win. I want Brisbane to get to a prelim, so that's where my money is. And, yeah, the Bulldogs will win this by 10 goals, I reckon. The, the, best, the best thing about this game is the Western Bulldogs are, I think if you look at the top 18, football is... People, as we know it, it's a follow-the-leader sort of game. And football's all being played in a pretty similar way at the moment. Most teams sort of play that clear sort of rolling zone. I think teams are starting to get a bit more kicking, longer kicking sort of coming into the game a bit more. The Western Bulldogs feel like the most different team out of this whole group in the way that they play the game. They, they are. They, they, I they, still think the way that Richmond and West Coast are so poles apart from each other is more interesting than what the Bulldogs do. I think the Bulldogs are the biggest point of difference in terms of their style of play. In the way that that they feed off a contest, they feed off momentum and the way that they spread forward as a group, the way that they use the handball and the way that they spread into space. And they're really scoring at the moment. I I feel like there's a real different air to a Bulldogs game. And GWS as well, when they're playing their best, they are also a very, very watchable team as they have been for a very long time. So I think if you would bank on a game for being the kind of the highest scoring, the most free-flowing out of the finals, it probably would be this one. Yeah, that's true. When they played two weeks ago, the second quarter of football was... Oh, yeah, and even Actually, the first half of football was really good to watch. Yeah. And then the Bulldogs just ran away with it. GWS do have a few more players coming back, so they could put up a bit more of a fight. They had no tall forwards the last time they played, and now they'll have Cameron and Finlayson in. It does make so a difference. That could yes. help, but I still think the Bulldogs would just be too strong in the midfield because... Dawson Simpson and Shane Mumford, neither of them are going to take advantage of Tim English in the ruck. So <laughs> there's just well, they be, will, just not to the, as much extent as yeah, the other just ruckmen not the way do. They Good ruckmen do, yes. Yeah, and yeah, Bond and Pelly, McRae, Dunkley, those guys are all in top form at the moment. Two of them are all Australians, and they're just they are a very, very good team at the moment. I think they're probably one of the five or six best teams in the comp, and could easily be higher if I was really trying to look yeah, at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they went comfortably. The the game that was played it was about a month ago, or probably even it was two weeks so, ago. Yeah, um, was that was played in Sydney yep. as well, wasn't it? It was played at the same ground. And so like GWS didn't kick a goal in the second half. That like that psychologically would absolutely make a difference. Yeah. If you, the Bulldogs are just they're absolutely flying at the moment, and they look at that and they think we're, we're, we're away here. And I it, it'll be really watch and see the first fifteen minutes. I think it's potential that a real statement could be made, but if if it's close fifteen minutes in, it could still it could end up being quite an interesting game. Yeah, and the Bulldogs have so many big wins there recently. That that game, they've obviously got the preliminary final that they won up there. They would have no fear at all. Yeah, that's venue. true. They won a final here as well, <laughs> not too recent past. So, yeah, they won the prelim. What did they win a second? Yeah, they won yeah. the prelim to get yeah. in the grand final. Yeah, which is exactly. what I said. Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> uh, let's not worry about it. We are not yeah. doing well today. Brisbane versus Richmond. <laughs> oh, you've got thoughts? Giants will win. Yeah. Uh, why? I just think they'll win. 
How much do you think by this time, Stringer? Something between one and 120 points again? Uh, or? Three goals. Three goals. Giants by three goals. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Bulldogs by 36 is what I'll go. Like it, I'm going to go... I'm not usually confident that Giants will win. I don't even know why. I just think they'll win. <laughs> <laughs> this is the analysis Stringer's bringing to the pod. <laughs> I'm really, really glad we had him on. I just feeling about it. Brisbane versus Richmond. No, wait, did you? Well, what was your tip? Yeah, Find seven goals. Seven goals. You're going very hot on the seven goals this week, Banjo. Yeah, I like the symmetry of it. <laughs> Brisbane well, versus Richmond. Third yes, time's okay. a charm. Speaking of games which have happened quite recently and might have a bit of a nightmares for the team that lost the game, I, 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 although in some ways this is the most exciting game and that Brisbane are the biggest story and that it's a you know, top-of-the-table sort of game. For me, I'm struggling to get too excited for it because I just think having been at the game, what, last week, I just thought Richmond just looked an absolute class above. And it was one of those... Brisbane, it wasn't that they didn't turn up. Brisbane really did turn up. They were quite good at their contest. All their best players performed. In a lot of ways, I think Chris Fagan talking after the game was quite positive about all their key indicators that it seemed like the game was played in the way that they wanted it to be played. But still, watching it, Richmond were in control for 80% of the game and in the end looked like comfortably better team. And I, I just, although I know it's in Brisbane, I really struggle to see how Brisbane are going to get around that. So to win, Brisbane clearly need to make a tactical change. They need to set up differently defensively, probably around the stoppage because it wasn't the clearance. They weren't getting burnt in clearances by Richmond, but it was the spread from the clearance after the first possession would often go Brisbane's way, but then the turnover and Richmond would just shoot away from the contest. They've got to figure out a way to stop that because Richmond were just running in waves, as we talked about a lot last week, and they've got to figure out a way to slow that ball movement down. Otherwise, Jack Rewalt will just tear him apart again. Tom Lynch didn't get off the chain, but there's every chance he will if they don't. Uh, and it's been played at night as well, which is wet conditions because it's so dewy up in Brisbane. It's a lot of advantage just going the Tigers' way. Yeah, Richmond are the sort of team who you can picture a team needing to play them a few times to get on top of the way that they play. I mean, I know I was saying I think the Bulldogs are the most different team, but the way in which how clinical Richmond are around a contest and their ability to always have players on the outside and always having players on the overlap, how quickly they can move the ball forward. That, that, that can be a thing which a team, particularly a young team, can struggle to adapt to because... I mean, most teams and young teams as well, they, they like going at the ball. They like mm. being ball players. And sometimes you can get a bit over-obsessed with the contest. So having played them and having seen a bit of footage, yeah. they might be better at that, getting that sort of ring around the contest and ensuring that Richmond can't be as clinical as they were. I mean, they do it against every team, Richmond, but they were just so frighteningly good once the ball was released out of a contest last week that you feel like the dog, You feel like Brisbane hopefully would have learnt something yeah, and from Brisbane that. Brisbane do have good wingers in McCluggage and... and uh God, I'm having mental black. Robinson. And yep. the problem is Robinson is the most of, like the biggest ball player you can ever have as a wingman. He is very good in the contest, but, and, but can get sucked in at times. And McCluggage is more of an offensive winger than a defensive winger. And I think they got exposed in that area yep. on the weekend. So I think they need the better structure from their wingers to really give themselves a chance because it was just the breakaway from stoppages that absolutely killed them. And the transition from defense got them a little bit as well. But I think it was more higher up the ground stoppage work that really hurt them. Yeah, that, that's how they defend. The, the other interesting thing is going to be 
how they're going to move the ball forward as well. They because yeah, they had absolutely no scores generated out of the contest, did they? As as the season's gone on, more and more they've started pretty much isolating Charlie Cameron as mm. their number one forward at the top of the square. Did not work with him on Dylan Grimes. I don't think it will work either. I, I don't think any of that's Charlie Cameron's fault, I have no, to Grimes say. Grimes is it was, unbelievable. Well, Grimes is very good, as well as the fact they weren't moving the ball as quickly as yeah. they often do. Richmond is such a good defensive team. But that, even then, there wasn't the space for him to he's work He's very in. rarely a lead-up player when he is isolated. He tries an approach to approach the contest in much the same way as Dusty does when he's a full forward. Let the ball get to ground, engage a wrestle, then yeah. break away from the contest and use his pace and strength to then win it from there. Grimes isn't going to let you do that. He's strong enough to hold Cameron in his ground and he's really quick, surprisingly quick. And outside of the time he overran the ball, Cameron didn't really have a win in a one-on-one contest. No. But it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do try to set up differently in that sense now. If they, if they think, well, it didn't work last time isolating Cameron, maybe we'll start him a bit further up the field. We'll have him trying to run back into space and you can start with Hipwood or McStay or wherever out of the square. And then perhaps it might be that thing where they start him up forward and then he pushes back and then he becomes the isolated defender, mm. um, the isolated forward uh, when there's a bit more space to work into and they don't plan so much for Charlie Cameron being there. So the, you, you feel like there would be a few things which Brisbane would have learnt out of the game against Richmond. If It'll be interesting to see if they make the big changes. Game plan, they cannot win. They have yes. to change things up. And You'd I'm think pretty so, excited yeah. to see how they do it. I just, I just think Richmond are too good and I think they're too well coached. <laughs> yes. I, it's going to be tough. That's probably fair. So I would tip... If we're doing tips, Banjo, yep, I would tips. tip Richmond by uh, 37 points. Okay, I'll tip Richmond by 15. Uh, Hitwood playing? Yes, I think so. Hungry, hungry Hitwood, yeah. Why wouldn't um, he be playing? I, Have I missed something? I don't know, yeah. I, I, I see no reason why I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> Lions to win. Bye. Lions um, to win. Two goals. You are really going ban- the upsets, aren't you? Banjo bringing the... Sorry, Stringer bringing the big calls onto, onto the pot. Fan of Hipwood. Yeah, <laughs> if he's playing, i <laughs> he, he, he loves hungry, hungry Hipwood. There you go. Okay, let's get to our top five. And we thought, given we haven't had any football, we'd just review the season and go through our top five players of the season. Who's your number five? A little bit of a boring one, Banjo, but... Yes, it, it's a bit of a boring it, week, no it, football. It's obvious, but I wouldn't. I suppose boring is not the right word for it because it has been probably the most interesting season for a long time in trying to pick out who the best yes. player in the competition is. There's a lot of people who could argue to have that. Uh, to have, uh, could put forward a case, I suppose, for that. Can I start with it? Do you have an honourable mention? No, I didn't bother with oh, an yeah, honourable mention. I've got mention. one. What, Ben uh, Brown? Jared Witts, because he's clearly <laughs> better than Max Gordon. I think that deserves a mention. Shut up, Banjo. Uh, five for me, Banjo. Uh, I'm going to make uh, our mate Dan Crowley pretty happy. I've got Harris Andrews at number Ooh, five. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I think he's been quite clearly the best defender this year, and his influence on a game is as high as just about any player in the competition yeah. in the sense that what you he, he beats the forward who he needs to beat. He, he takes the best forward most weeks as well as the fact that he offers support elsewhere. And you can just see teams plan for Harris Andrews. When they go into a game, they're thinking of ways that they can get the ball away from Harris Andrews, who often starts at the top of the square because, as I say, he's on the the best forward. Um, And, yeah, he's someone you'd have to plan for. And, therefore, I I think in terms of the actual influence that he has on a game, I think he's right up there in the best in the competition. So put him at number five, Banjo. Yeah, my number five, he didn't make the All-Australian team and I was a little perplexed by it. It's uh, it's dusty. 
got someone from outside the All Australian band. I don't understand how he missed the All Australian. Did it put so. a smile on your face though? Like it did. <laughs> it did like, for uh, me. Was, I was there very was strong chuffed. levels of Schadenfreude, but he still averaged twenty-seven touches. He's one of the most damaging yeah, players I in the know. competition. I he kicks goals. He's still like he's the best player that Richmond have. Richmond are probably the best team in the competition. I just don't understand how he didn't make the side. Yeah, he started slow. By the end of the year, it got to the point, you think, he he is probably the most important and the most damaging player in the competition when he's at his best. But he did take a while to get going. I don't think he was as consistent as the top-end midfielders throughout the year. I mean, I think the second half of the year, he was the best player in the competition, probably. And Quite possibly, If you're the yeah. best player in the competition for half a year, I don't understand who are you, you're missing. Who are you putting him ahead of? Maybe McRae? <sighs> don't nah, say that. I don't know. Yo. Let me think about it. Yeah, I'd yeah, have him ahead of Yo. I'd probably, yeah, maybe you'd have him ahead of Yo. The I, only reason Yo's in the side is because of Gary Lyon. Uh, pretty much, yeah. All of a sudden, everyone wanted to put him in after <laughs> Gary Lyon started frothing over him in the second half of the year. Uh, I'd probably take him ahead of Fife. And nah, I wouldn't put him ahead of those. Definitely, I'd definitely take him ahead of Max. No, you even wouldn't. with the makeup of the side, there's no need for two rough. Yeah, but you're replacing Max with Wit, so you can't have. Okay, true. <laughs> Either of those would replace Max, and then I'd also you have can't him replace. I'd have him ahead of Pendlebury, as much as it would pain Alex to hear me say that. Nah, I wouldn't have him ahead of Pendlebury. I might have him ahead of Yo. But, yeah. I think you're wrong. Number four, Banjo. I've got Lockie Neal at number four. I'd uh, have him ahead of Lockie Neal, actually, because Lockie Neal's on the of my list. Oh, I didn't even put him in. No. <sighs> he's just been so consistent. He's done it every week. And although you, you think he's not, he's not as obviously damaging, I still no. think he is a very damaging midfielder. I, I just think... Well, when I watch Neal he's play... He's damaging in the same way Tom Mitchell is. <sighs> yeah, I, I probably think he's more damaging with his handball than... Mitchell is. Well, when I watch Lockie nah. Neal play, my main thought about it is I don't feel he wastes a disposal. I don't feel he ever just throws a handball in just because, which some of those inside midfielders do. Every time he gives his teammates space and there is real purpose to his use of the ball, although he's not, he's not going to kick a long goal from 60 or he's not going to kick a raking pass, he's very thoughtful with the use of the ball. We do need to put one caveat on it. All right. The last quarter against Richmond was completely the Yes, it of was. But he, he definitely wanted to get over 50 then, and I was happy about it because I was supporting that happening. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he wasted, and he's been so consistent throughout the course of the year. And he's, kicks, he's popped up and kicked some goals at important times as well. So, look, he's, he's not the best player in the comp, but at number four, I'm pretty happy to put him there. So as to not piss off Dan Crowley too much, given I've just ignored two Brisbane players that you've put forward <laughs> top five players in the competition. I've gone Charlie Cameron. Really? Okay. I think the gap between Charlie I Cameron and it. the next best key forward is so far that you have to consider him on this in this list. Small forward, yeah. Yeah. What did I say? I don't know you said key forward, yeah. Yeah. He's clearly... Well, he kind of does play as a key forward, which I think earns him bonus credits. The way they isolate him up forward is very similar to the way Brisbane use Martin at times. And... He is their entire forward line. They rely on Cameron and midfielders. They get very little goal, very few goals from anywhere outside of that. Their trip score sources are not traditional at all. Hipwood is a 30-goal-a-game key forward. McStay is 25 goals a year. God, I've just been screwing <laughs> yep. up. So they're not built traditionally in the forward line, and it all revolves around him. And they were the highest-scoring team in the competition with him as their mainstay of yeah, their forward line. Particularly as the season's gone on, that's been the case. And look, in terms of value for, for position, he's been 
the best for like he's been clearly above the second best as a small forward, yeah, which you couldn't say that's the case for any other position on the ground, really. Oh, right. So uh, the gap between Charlie Cameron, who who would be the second best small forward in the comp this year? Probably Papley, maybe. Well, Walters got named. Oh yeah, Walters, one. I guess. Yeah. But he's a mid forward. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, whatever whatever gap that is, that would be a bigger yeah, it gap is, it than is the... something like Papley or yeah, Betts. That's a bigger <laughs> gap than the gap between Grundy and Gorn. Oh, I don't know. It's a pretty big gap between Grundy and Gorn. And Wits. And Wits. Yeah, true. Wits puts it close. <laughs> All right, Banjo. Number three, pretty obvious one, really. Patrick Cripps. He's clearly been one of the best players in the competition. Oh, you didn't have him in your list, I can tell from your face. Really? <laughs> no, he just he missed a lot of games. Oh, he didn't miss a lot of he games. Like five games or four games or something. He missed three or four, didn't he? Oh, who cares? Oh, he's a player who lifts his team on his shoulders when he needs to. His best games this they, year were the best games out of anyone. Yeah, and they were just they were pro, they had a higher winning percentage with him out of the team than they had with him in the team. <sighs> Whatever. So they shouldn't play. No, I'm just saying he doesn't have that as big an impact. He's big call. Mate, he has carried them single-handedly over the line in games, most notably the one against Brisbane. But one game. No, but he does do it. Like, it, it, he he's, really did it against the Pies. He was, you, uh, you can't say that because he's so much better than his teammates, he's one of the best players in the competition. Carlton's, the rest of their team, sucked for most of the year. But and so, that's what you're looking at. When they were better in the second half of the year, he didn't stand out ne- nearly as much. Sometimes you just rely on your eyes, Banjo. And when you watch Carlton play, he stands out as being the best player on the ground more often than just about any other player that in the competition. That is due to relativity, not objectivity. Oh, he'd be great in any team. He he's would a be, star. but I don't think he's the third best player in the competition. He's, he's the prototype midfielder that you would want in modern footy. He's, he's, he's like an the absolute seventh star. best player in the competition. What are you going to go with at number three? <laughs> uh, danger. He'll probably win the crown. Uh, I don't know. I've gone a bit negative on danger in recent times. Like, I mean, negative from... It's, yeah, it's built on his finals performances a little bit, isn't it? A lot of that. Look, it's obviously, it's all relative. Like, I know Patrick Dangerfield is a superstar footballer, no doubt about it. But once you kind of accept that, you start noticing his flaws more and more. He's a real ugly user of the ball, and he's not great on a big stage. He's gotten a bit boring as well, which I think is part of it. Yeah, I I don't know. For those reasons, I don't... I think both Dust... I think Dusty and Dangerfield have both gotten a little bit boring. I think they're not being considered as good as they should be. We're a bit sick of them being so good. I, I just, I think when Dusty's playing his best, he's a f- lot better than Danger at his best, I think. Yeah, but I think Danger he's, was at his best for more this year. I just, Danger is a player who wastes disposals. He wastes quite a few disposals. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't, well, he's obviously a star, but I don't have him in the absolute top of the tree. So I don't have him in, in my oh, list okay. at all, Banjo. Who's your number two? Number two, who I reckon you'll have him as your number one. I've got Bont at number two. Yeah, so. so I think we've got the swap for number one and two. Yeah, okay. I've got Grundy at number two. Yeah, so I've we may got, as well I've, just go one after the other with this. Yeah, yeah, I've got Grundy at one. Uh, I think as the season's gone on, Bond, Marcus Bond and Pelly has been the most damaging midfielder in the competition, which generally it's going to be a midfielder. He's kind of at the top of the tree. Yes. Um, he's... Added another layer to his game. Well, not another layer to his game, but he's become a better player this year through the fact that he's finding more of the ball than he ever has, yeah. mostly due to the fact he spent more time in the midfield. But he's always yeah, he been... he hasn't needed to play as a key or pseudo-key forward for large parts of the yeah. game because my boy Aaron Norton was there. <laughs> yep, but he's, uh, he's, just, he's just such a damaging midfielder. He's just an absolutely beautiful kick of the ball. He's beautiful with his hands. He's just... Every he time he touches he the ball, it just oozes class. But uh, no, I've got, I've got Grundy at number one. I think he has I been the best player. I don't this think year. it's a 
particularly egregious one to have either as the best True. player. I think both have had absolutely fantastic seasons and Grundy has just been dominant all year. His ruck work is top tier and then his around the ground work is probably the best. Do you reckon his around the ground work is better than Cox's? Yeah, probably. I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but it feels like for a ruckman, his stats are off the charts. Yeah. Like better than it's ever been. I think he's averaged over 21 disposals this year. Um, averages 40-odd hitouts. He's a very good tap ruckman. He lays tackles. He gets clearances. He just does absolutely everything you would want from mm. a ruckman. And his spread just allows them to be so much more flexible with their ball movement. He can link up in the chain in a way that pretty much no other ruckman in the competition can. Yeah, I, I was saying to you before... I was, Probably the best ruckman we've seen is Cox. I, I think Grundy will finish his career as a better yeah, player than Dean Cox. And it, they're a similar sort of mould, but I think Grundy's taken it to another level. Yeah, it'll He's be interesting to see if he ever gets the recognition in sort of the Brownlow and the big player awards that... Yeah, he's got he's have. got he's got two All Australians now. I think Cox got six. So I mean, there's a possibility. Yeah, well, he's still quite that. young. How old is he, resident Collingwood supporter? Uh, Twenty-three. I think he'd be. Yeah, I would have guessed 24, yeah, 25. Yeah, so he's quite young. Yeah, anyway, do you gonna do you have your top five yeah, stringer? We'll just rattle through them. Pop in. All right. Um, number five, uh, Jeremy Cameron. Number... Okay, I would have had him as my six, I reckon. Yeah. Mm, number four, Lockie Neal. Okay, same number, as me. Obviously wrong, we've discussed that. <laughs> number three, Grundy. Ooh, only a three for a Collingwood supporter. You're further down on Grundy than both of us. Yeah, well, number two, Nat Fife. Ooh, okay. And number one, this is probably just my favourite players in the comp, to be honest. And <laughs> number one, uh, Paddy Cripps. Hey, okay, cop and that banjo. Number zero, <laughs> Hipwood. <laughs> what would you become such a big Hipwood fan? Yeah, oh. this is out of the blue. Oh, they, know, to be fair to String, that was off the cuff. So uh, I think I saw I, him in like his third game. I just thought I liked that guy. Fair uh, enough. But now we're. Uh, wait, before to... we get into innovations, Ooh. can I just ask? Well, well, when's Billy Gower's watch this week? I think you'd forgotten about it, Banjo. Well, obviously he's one of the best performed players of the season, so I think it should be now. Okay, we're going yeah, into we'll Billy go Gower's watch. All right, well, I've got to throw to it quite excitedly, Banjo. So it's time for another edition of Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. He, what did he do, Scott? He is hot, Banjo. So Ooh. what did he get last week? 27, dispo- no, 26 disposals, I think And it was. four goals, three or and three goals, three, four. Three goals, four, it was. This week he's backed it up, named fourth in the best. So they're still trying to bury Ooh, him a little bit, him. as we know. He had 22 disposals and he dobbed two goals, Banjo. How many free kicks did he give away? I don't know. Reason being, Banjo... This, this uh, controversy is, this, is getting... Is this time for Conspiracy Scott? It's, it's getting bigger and bigger by the week. We've been saying for quite a long time that I think the Western Bulldogs are intentionally trying to bury Billy Gowers yeah, to the bottom weapon. of the news. So people kind of forget about him. They don't plan for him. GWS is just big old crap. Billy Gowers is back in the team. Mm. It'll be a real big shock for them. They, just hoping they forget about him. My, my favourite forum website, which I've been going to every week for my Billy Gower stats, the uh, Witten Oval Online Forum. Uh, woof, woof. woof. Woof.com.au. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I actually <laughs> quite like it. I reckon it's quite good. They, I couldn't get onto the 
thread this week. They came up saying I needed a login. I needed yeah, a password to, to get into it. I think someone, it. one of the administrators of that website may have listened to this pod, realised so. that we are on the track, the, the, on the trail. We're, we're looking out for him. We have not we have not averted our gaze from the great man. Yeah, we've got to the bottom of the controversy. We've realised that they've been covering them up and they're, they're trying to, to continue doing it and trying to get us out of there. But we managed to bypass it by going down some secret paths mm. down to the... Uh, Western Bulldogs official website where they had a VFL report. But again, named fourth in the best. It is really so, disappointing that we didn't find out the key stat, the key indicator for how well he's played. Free kicks against. Yeah. How how likely do you think it is that he's going to be picked this week, Banjo? Would you say 110% or 120%? Well, I think, I think it depends on how confident they are beating the Giants. If they think we don't need him and we'd rather save yeah, him for Brisbane or Richmond. Yeah. So that could easily happen. Possibly. Which that, it could be an error of judgment if uh, Stringer is right, but... I think they'll. I think they'll hold him back. You think they're pretty him back sure. A week. Okay. They're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're going to. As long as I get to see him one more time before the end of this year, Banjo, I'll be a happy yeah. man. Yeah. It'll make my season worth it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Possibility <laughs> to come back. But anyway, let's get to what Sorry, everyone's before been. Before we do, uh, just keeping on the theme of Billy Gower's watch and perhaps a hark back to the uh, the Kane Corns season because this is a bit of a Kane Corns call. I've noticed Billy Gower's like this photo on Instagram. It's a, it's a picture of. <laughs> The Adelaide Advertiser has gone and posted uh, a prediction of what will be the next uh, Crows Premiership team. I've got to say there's some interesting um, interesting players in here. At uh, centre-half forward, they've got uh, pick 21. On the wing, pick 3. And on the bench, pick 26. I'm so sorry, they already I... rate these picks that they don't even have. <laughs> I get having pick 3 as a midfielder. That's a reasonably safe bet. But saying pick 21 is definitely going that to be really a premier half me. forward is quite <laughs> That is interesting, yes. Like they, uh, have they put any thought at all into who's going to be available at pick 21? Because I highly doubt it. Just put them on the bench. It's someone who thinks that they're a list manager themselves and their idea is we need a player at half forward, so they'll definitely use that pick on that position. That, that's the way that you go about it. Do you reckon uh, Billy Gowers is looking for a... Uh, Looking for a bit of a change up in his career and thinking of moving to Adelaide? Is he going to abandon the Western Bulldogs, get them a premiership and then get out? Banjo bringing the exclusives with nothing to back it up as usual. Yeah, uh, that's how I roll. No, 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 no. Billy, well, Billy belongs to the Dogs. The argument against that would be that he's liked this photo that doesn't include him in the next Crows premiership team. So I don't think that, uh, based on that, I don't think he's... Yeah, and he's, he's not, point he's not that humble a man, so he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Anyways, it innovation's time. It I think it is innovation time. Take uh, us away, String. What well, have you brought um, to the table? So, uh, as the listeners would have noticed, um, I've been absent from the podcast for a while, and this is one that came Just to me... Just a little while. This is one that came to me earlier this year. It was a bit of a sort of hot button issue at the start of the season. It hasn't had as much publicity since, but I still think that I have a solution for what was... Uh, what was sort of quite a well-publicised issue at the beginning of the season. And so um, if we can cast our minds back to the start of the year, perhaps even the end of last year when the AFL announced that uh, the runners were no longer going to be allowed on the field except after goals. And uh, this is quite a change. You know, there's, there's many, many years of of just the runners having free reign, absolute chaos yeah, out Alistair there. Yeah, Clarkson cracked the shits about it. Yep. No, it was chaos out in the field, and the AFL said we have to do something about this. But the problem's been, and the, the coaches haven't been happy this year, they can't get the messages out on the field. And we've seen all sorts of wacky um, sort of ways of trying to get around this. The AFL had those boards that didn't yeah, work. The paintbrush was, sign that they yeah. used to raise up. Don't know what that meant. dollars on each of those tablets, just yep. quietly. No, I didn't on know Each that. of them. I'm pretty sure. What the hell? <laughs> 
Yeah, that might be wrong. <laughs> that's might have been about, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is an outrageous amount of money, if that's true. <laughs> anyway, what <laughs> what's your... 50,000 was involved, and that's all I'm going to say. Yep. What's your solution to this issue, Stringer? Well, uh, it this came to me earlier in the season, one of the early rounds. I'm sitting there at the MCG, as I, as I like to do. I like to consume my football from the stands, and I saw... I was, distra- I was distracted. It's not often I get distracted. I was distracted for a brief moment by the, um, the advertising around the ground. And it, it occurred to me, I, I, and actually what flashed up on the advertising was it was telling me that uh, someone had a lot, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was, but someone had, had quite a few disposals that quarter. And uh, it might have been Taylor Giray. Trying to think of it. <laughs> Random player. Who were you seeing play? <laughs> I can't remember. I think I saw Bulldogs Collingwood, probably, yes. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, Taylor Giray had a, few, had a few touches. And I thought, wow, it's... What an age we live in where in real time we can get this stuff up on the, on, the, on the advertising around the ground. No longer do we have this sort of static advertising. We don't have the, the roles that, that change every couple of minutes. We've got this stuff in real time. And I thought... The news that everyone wants about Taylor Duray's disposals. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> and 21 disposals for the game. Just wanted to throw that out. What? Bulldogs Collingwood. Yeah. Good research, Banjo. Continue, Stringer. That's... that's that's the stuff you don't get on other podcasts. Um, Disposal counts. For Taylor Duray. Um, anyway. <laughs> so I thought to myself, well, we can use this. The coaches aren't happy. They need to get the messages out. They've, the, the, the signs aren't working. The tablets didn't work. How can we get the messages out? I hope there's a twist to this coming. Because I think I know where it's going. Yeah. We can... I reckon we get the coaches to put the messages on the advertising boards. Oh, that is where it was going. <laughs> so you don't think they'd be a little uh, worried about putting it so that everybody can see what they're trying to do? Yeah, but when the runner goes out, he's not... He's not. You know, have you ever seen a runner go up and you know, you're just whisper in the, in the player's ear? You haven't. They yell the shit out. They say two minutes. They say whatever. You know, um, Jeremy Cameron gets a... The, Ruck, whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure that one's it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we put Jeremy Cameron get to the ruck on the advertising. Yeah, don't mind it. What do you do for? I do. Places, <laughs> what do you do for places like Alice Springs where they don't have those signage boards? Um, that's that's the problem with it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, let's let's take one problem at a time. Scott. That's the one that popped into my head. I'm interested um, to see where you're going with it. Uh, that is that is a problem. Um, yeah, so obviously either we'd have to look at upgrading the facilities or if um, it, that might not be economically viable for, you know, one-off games. So maybe, I don't know, just get like a blimp or something. And... <laughs> a more economically viable option. <laughs> more innovation. Well, look, we can take the blimp around to different games though. You can take true. it to Ballarat, are, Alice Springs. You only and, need to buy the blimp yeah, once. Yeah. That is we'll true. take it to Darwin, Alice Springs, Ballarat, wherever they're playing. Hey, look, so going through it, I think from a player's perspective, Giant stadium. I, I reckon they'd be happy with it. I reckon they'd give it a tick. It yeah. makes it nice and easy for the players. I think they'd be happy with it. Yeah. Supporters, definitely give it a tick. The supporters would love to be able to have that sort of access. Yeah, that's an insight. The, t- the people who would froth it the most would be the media. They would oh, absolutely yeah. love it. And the commentators, they'd actually be able to Talk look at tactics stuff. in a game. Yeah, yeah. That would be huge for them. Coaches, probably a bit more of Just a concern that they'd be advertising their tactics to the Would entire the media world. actually want to talk about tactics though? They've had the opportunity to do forever. No, I think they want to. They're just not capable of it. Occasionally there's that game where the tactics are really obvious and they absolutely froth over it because they actually know what's going on. 
So if it's right there in their face, I'd absolutely love it. But look, I think the issues may... I think the coaches' association may have a little bit of a problem. What if they use coded messages? Yeah, but then that takes away all the other benefits I was just talking about because the supporters in the media aren't going to know. And then they just go to town on trying to hack their codes. Yeah, but like... Yeah, wouldn't that be exciting? I don't mind that. I don't mind that. You change like... um, Maybe ruck to beach. So instead of Jeremy Cameron gets the ruck, you say Jeremy Cameron go to the beach. The beach or the bench? <laughs> beach. <laughs> oh, okay. But then you'd, you might did, figure it out after but, a round or two. But if they did crack the code, then you'd be like, you'd have to think be like the British in World War Two. Do we say we know the code and solve every problem and like crack everything, or do we let some of these work so they don't know it crack the code and when the moment's right, we'll strike and we'll. Have a tactical response. Exactly. This is this is adds another tactical adding, dimension yeah, to the game. Exact, different levels of tactics. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. As World War Two. All right. So where we've Giants got to versus uh, Bulldogs. Where we've got to, we're going to have blimps with gibberish up there, and yep. uh, <laughs> everyone will enjoy it. All right. Well then. To be fair, if there was a blimp floating around, <laughs> that wouldn't work at the Telstra Dome. But I guess we've got the we've uh, got the this. Telstra Dome. That's like three or four. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a view. It's a that's a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got the uh, the signage. All right. Well, I can we it. can we? Okay, but uh, do we like it? I like it. I don't hate it. <laughs> I was gonna say if we're not gonna do it, can we at least get the blimp for Taylor Jure stats? Yeah, that that's that's a good point. Now that's a proper. But the Bulldogs would have to play with the roof open at Marvel. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Oh, we could base the blimp in Ballarat. No, right, we'll we'll put a petition to the AFL for that. Taylor Dura like blimp. The team bust down from Ballarat <laughs> for the supporters. I can <laughs> see having lots of people signing that petition. Do you have any more for us, or are we moving on? No, that's all. all that's, right. that's the only information I love about it. this I year. Love it. <laughs> Let's move on to Poochie's mailbag then. Uh, I think so, Banjo. Let's finish this off. Yeah. So I'll take us away. Uh, this one's directed to you. So. Was Scott on the Rising Star voting panel? The presence of his anti-Brisbane bias in the voting is the only explanation I, being quite obviously Dan Crowley, can think of for <laughs> Noah Answorth vo- losing the Rising Star award to that Sam kid. I was I was about to say when you started reading. Jeez, I, w- I wonder. I wonder who sent this question in. Noah Answorth. He reckons he Noah was a chance Answorth. for the Rising Star. Does he? The man who was barely nominated. Nominated the last second. Snubbed every week for a better player. Well, I'll just say if you want to put me forward on the Rising Star uh, panel, I'd be I'd be quite happy to. I think I I'd make some it. better decisions, but yeah. He's not a Rising Star. He's I'm sure he would win it if he was eligible, but uh, yeah, no way. I don't worth. think he would. <laughs> I'm going to be flat out there. I don't think he would. I reckon he would, mate. He's a you superstar. Think you think he'd win ahead of Sam? Hungry, Bowles? hungry hip would, of course. But, but no, Dan, I was not on the Rising Star panel. Uh, <laughs> follow-up question. Uh, is this from Dan as well? No, this is from Kurt. Really? He's yeah. ripping into me he's, as well, he's, is he? This, Poochie has a... Uh, he's got a theory on how the votes worked out the way you, they did, even with you not being on the panel. He says, did Scott go- vote for Luke Darcy? It's the only explanation for Walsh not getting top votes. I don't know why he thinks you don't like Sam Walsh, but uh, he thinks you... We're a bit of a nuffie and didn't vote for him. Oh, so I voted on behalf of Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, did he vote? Oh, he voted Connor Rosie as number one, did he? No. Which was wrong. If I was on the Rising Star panel, I probably wouldn't have had Noah Answorth win it. I probably would have had uh, Sam Walsh as number one. I think I would have gone Sam Walsh one, Kamzer Hatu. 
I, li- I like Rosie more, and I think there is a very strong argument to make that he will be the better player in the long term. But I think you absolutely had to give it to Sam Walsh. How comfortably did he win it by? Would have been he by got an absolute street. Outside of the Every, everyone yeah, outside Darcy. Of yeah, okay. No, I did not vote on behalf of Luke Darcy, and I'm not on the, all, the Rising Star voting panel, unfortunately. Very disappointing. We'll, try, we'll try and get future, you there next year. Future, exactly. Just on the Rising Star, it's good to see uh, the Adelaide Advertiser come out and. Uh, with an early prediction of did pick you 21 for do next you, year's Do you uh, work for the star. Adelaide Advertiser? Did you, did you get today's edition? Is <laughs> 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 this the first newspaper you've read in forever, so you want to really hammer that point? No, I just really like Trying the to prove pick 21 being <laughs> a half forward in the next Pro's Premiership. So. Okay. All right, Banjo, I have a question for you now. Have the plebs seen the rumours of a Tassie team in 2023? Should a club be moved or an another expansion team be created? If so, where should it number 20 be located? We, Apart we from the Gold Coast. We <laughs> We've already addressed this one. <laughs> I will be honest, that Gold Coast idea did fit in the broad spectrum of uh, what a Stringer's innovation could have been. So you did bring two to the table. Yeah, if you're being true, charged. actually. That's where it's here uh, for. I have heard those rumours. Yes. Uh, I think it should be a new club. I don't... I think you've got to give the Gold Coast more time, and I think they will give the Gold Coast more time. And I think more they're. Teams. I don't think they'll give the Gold Coast more teams. I think there's plenty of options. Well, there's two options for where the 20th team could go. I think Canberra is ready for a football side. I don't see the need for the Giants to split time there when they could have their own. They're a football supporting city broadly, and they show up to games more than GWS home games do in Western Sydney. Uh, already and uh, the other option is another team in Perth that city has so much money and they like the west coast the west coast eagles have a waiting list for their membership base it would not be that hard. Do, do you want another team I, I think the competition was stretched enough for Gold Coast and GWS. Just let it settle for a while. I, I think it's ridiculous we're considering having another team. And I know like I, I know Tassie the should reason, have a team. The reason but, they're thinking is because it's an injustice that Tassie doesn't have a team. If there wasn't if Tassie had a team, there would be no push for another 10, 15 years. There just shouldn't be. I, I I think it's real bad for the competition. And we're gonna probably have uneven teams it sounds like there's just going to be a new team coming which yeah i don't like the fact there's uneven teams i don't like the fact we're stretching the talent base more I, th- th- this is actually quite upsetting yeah. me i think this is really dumb if this actually is happening i really think from dumb. a personal level as well i don't want to lose ben brown and i don't want to lose taron thomas so no tassie team but look i wouldn't be against it if they moved to north melbourne to tasmania i i would be quite open to i'm going to say this once and i'll probably say it again quite a few times Fuck you. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> Should Geelong be trying to trade for more mature players like Jack, Stephen and Higgins? Uh, I think with how well they played this year, I, I don't think I'd have an issue with it. How old is Jack, Stephen now? 29, I think. I don't think yeah. He's not as old as Higgins. I think if they got Jack Stephen, I think they'd be pretty happy about that. He would offer a lot for Geelong going forward. And where it looks at the moment, there's a fair chance that they'll be finishing top four this year, which I know they've done for a very long time. But that that's close enough, I think, that if they get a couple of stars in there, potentially they could have a they could pop up and win a premiership in the next couple of years. Yeah, well they're not like they are a real chance to win it this year. Yeah. And it's possible. If they lose yeah. Kelly, they probably do want to replace him with someone who's performing at a similar level right now while Dangerfield and Hawkins and Selwood and 
all those older guys they've got are still around and in good form. And they have a very limited window with that group of players. And the bottom probably will fall out once they go. Because the youth coming through outside of Kelly is not that great. So I think it's probably a good idea. It'll mean the crash is harder, but I think it's a good idea for them to try and maximise this window and potentially get a flag. Because I'm not entirely sure they're good enough as is. I know they finished top, but they're not in my two or three most likely sides to win. I think it'd be a good idea for them to go after it, as long as they don't give up too much. I, I'm less sure on Higgins. Just He's just that little bit older. I suppose the beauty of Higgins is, although he's been much better since he's been an inside midfielder, he yeah. could play in any position. You know, well, he he'd be named, quite good in the back line, I think, playing a sort of well, Luke Hodge sort of role. Australian 40 as a half-forward flank. Yeah, could play forward as well if you wanted to. So you could put him wherever you want, but he's, he's a little bit older. Stephen, yeah. I think, is worth taking a punt on. I don't think it would... Cost you too much. Twenty nine would probably cost a late first or a second round pick. Yeah, gee, I feel like that. The thing with Stephen and Higgins, with both of them, is they're contracted. So Geelong kind of have to make them. Yeah, but is St Kilda going to play hard ball on Stephen? Well, I think they need to because they've got so many targets and they need the assets. <sighs> they, they, they've been really good in just being like, we we just want him to be well, happy. Well, they played hard ball last year. They just didn't let him leave. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he could get him out for not too much. I think he'd be worth a punt. I'm less confident on Higgins, but eh, I, I don't mind the idea for Geelong yeah. doing that. Uh, the follow-up question. Should North trade Higgins? I don't think so. I am a little biased, obviously. <laughs> he hasn't played 100 games for the club, and I want his father, son. Oh, that, that's <laughs> the reason, is it? Well, uh, he look, he's still got a couple of years left, I think, yeah. Higgins. So. He played pretty much as well as last year. His disposal was a little less damaging, and he missed only he missed five games because of injury or something. And that's the only reason he wasn't talked about in the same way as he was last year. Yeah. He pretty much won the game against you off his own boot late, so he's still in match-winning form. I don't think we should trade him... I don't think we're going to get enough for him to make it worthwhile. I would be surprised if we got a pick yeah, before 25. And if you're not getting a pick before 25, you're not going to get. You're unlikely to get a player that's anywhere near as good to replace him. And even if there's only 40 games left to Sean Higgins, I'd rather those 40 games and try and teach the kids something and keep them in a competitive environment. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he has enough trade value for it to be worth it, pretty much. No. Uh, Banjo, another question for you. I really do like this question. If one of your listeners can operate a social media page better than the plebs, this being Dan Crowley, who operates, what's his page called? Oh, if Damo something, then something. So some Damien Barrett mock-up page. But if one of your listeners can operate a social media page better than the plebs, then surely he should be the new social media manager, Stringer. Yeah, as our you are meant to be our social media, media manager. You haven't done anything since about round two. We have, we know, we have a mate who enjoys yeah, the but podcast. I yeah, but consistency <laughs> is important. We're, we're, we're not here for you to... How much traffic are you bringing us at the moment, Stringer? We put you this important role. We said we would pay you a beer for the season. And you, you, you're not performing to you your standards. You've come on the pod nearly more recently than you've been made a post. It's neck and neck. Well, I'm on the pod right now, aren't I? Yeah, I meant the time before that. Oh, all right, replace me. That- Buddy, mate, my day if you replace me. Lift your game, Banjo, yeah. uh, Stringer. You're, hey, uh, me <laughs> I'm used to saying that. Lift, lift your game, Stringer. Uh, you're, in a bit of, you're in a bit of danger for your uh, position as social media manager, which I know is something you so hold close. very close to your heart. Not yet. Final warning. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also need to, we would also have to ask if we could replace you. If the guy would say yes, which is quite doubtful. 
So, wh- who asked the question? Kurt. Oh. Oh, okay. Can you get him to give us a shout out on the page? <laughs> yeah, he's going to 10,000. Oh, really? How yeah. many is he on now? I was six a month ago. Or oh, God, he's still got a while to go then. <sighs> he was started two months ago. Come on, let's do our it's final. Quite well. I'm, 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 I quite like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It organically pops up on my newsfeed. <laughs> <laughs> <You think, laughs> different people tagging it. You think, we, you think we normally talk crap on this podcast and string us <laughs> on and just goes to another level? <laughs> final question off the mailbag. Uh, do you this like will the... be your top rated podcast of the year. Promise. <laughs> do you like the preseason buy? No, I'm sick of it. No, the sorry, the postseason buy. I apologize. Yeah, the whole preseason is a buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't like it. I got bored last weekend. Oh, Selfishly, yeah. I wanted back. I um, like it. I really like it. I think it's good for the game. I think it creates better finals. I quite like the fact that for me, it feels like we end the home and away season. We have a week to celebrate the home and away season for all these awards to happen, and then it kind of frames the step into finals. If By the time that, this Thursday comes round, I'm going to be so bloody excited for finals footy. And that's one true. of the reasons and you is haven't I've been, been deprived. excited for football all year. Exactly, but I'm definitely more ex- excited about footy now than I would have been if it was on last weekend. Yeah, I, I think it helps in that regard. I miss Your footy. Team. Stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I do think it improves the standard of finals footy, and I think it's a good thing that it gives more of a chance for teams outside of the four to have a run at it. I think that's a good thing. That they, they should you should be able to make finals and think that it is possible to win the premiership from there. Or well, then what's the point of in having five finals. to eight? So you're, not, you're not a fan of that idea of the uh, wild card round? No, I'm definitely not a fan of the wild card. Yeah, round. the idea so that it bring more excitement when one of the options was. Hawthorne Essendon as a game, which cannot it. bores me out of. What the hell? Is, what What would be the point in having a bloody wild card round? Are there either of those teams a chance of winning the premiership? What is the point in yeah. finishing playing an extra game of football into four finals? They, they would never get anywhere near it. They would get flogged off the park in that first yeah, final when everyone else has a break. What is the point? It is a complete waste of time. Plenty of teams win after. Uh, sorry, beat teams that have just had a bye. Happens happened plenty of times. It, yeah, but I, it's having I, to win five finals in yes, a row. Is it's the problem. been it's been hard enough when they went straight from round twenty three into finals for any team outside of the four. No one had ever won it from that hey, position because it was so hard backing up. Imagine being a thing when everyone gets a week and then a finals versus you going straight into five weeks straight. The they dogs, would have no chance. The dogs' last three games have been basically finals, and then they've had a week off. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Yeah, but my point is, like, no, it would be a complete waste of time having a bloody wild card. I do agree with that. The one point I want to make is, if you're going to have this week off, I think you should put the Brownlow this week. Got to be in it to win it. I'd rather have the Brownlow now than. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be a good. That would be a good innovation. Put that on Saturday night. A genuinely good innovation, Stringer. But anyway, go. Trying to say. <laughs> Finish off with the last segment of the podcast. We're into our last three questions off battle situations with unexpected handicaps. We're not going to quite make it to the end of the season. Yeah, and they're really, really grim now. Uh, Daffy Duck, but his beak is made out of meat pie versus Donald Duck, but his beak is made out of sausage roll. Try to think of something funny out of that, Banjo. <laughs> sure is sausage roll weird. Why? Why? It's much more solid than a meat pie. What about a burnt meat pie? Uh, yeah, but it's still crumble. It has to be pretty burnt. But if, so if it's their beak, they can't peck the other one, I guess. Like, could, could you open up a sausage roll or a meat pie? A meat pie has a more ma- natural mouth. The only mouth. way that the, I reckon the meat pie wins is if you can open it up and you get the, the hot scalding gravy. 
If it's a hot one. Oh, so no, it can that's spit true. hot golden... Hot, that's true. If yeah. It has to be a hot pie. Yeah, that's true. It can true. spit gravy. Who do you think would win in general versus Doffy, Daffy Duck versus Donald Duck? Well, probably Daffy Duck. Oh, Donald's more solid. He's a... He's a bit of a wuss, it, though. I mean, so is Which one's Daffy, got more but... plot armor? Which one's the main character? Because uh, that's the one that would win. Daffy's the one who... Uh, one of them's white. One of them's he black, like, acts right? as like a superhero at times. He's got like his flying Daffy Duck. I don't know what the character's name is. He does some thing where he puts on a cape and stuff. Well, then he'd definitely win. Yeah, on that basis, I'd probably say him. Regardless <laughs> of the beak situation. Which type of beak did he have? Because I don't think it matters. Uh, he had the meat fly. pie, which Actually, we were saying is more of an advantage honest, if it's hot. They're yeah. ducks. They can both fly. It doesn't make a difference. Do they fly though? Yes, uh, ducks. The fly, flying V. Mighty Ducks. Yeah, does Donald ducks. ever, dif- ever do these fly? Ones? Have you ever seen Donald fly? I don't think he does fly. I assume does he? they keep the properties of a duck in a lot of ways, including their general I, ability to fly. I don't know fly. if they do. I, I don't think I've ever seen Donald Duck fly. How much Donald Duck have you watched? Oh, not a lot in the last yeah. 18 years. I think that might be a factor <laughs> for the reason. What about Wayne, Wayne Carey, the duck? Oh, he definitely win. He's used to. Yes, but he's not Especially part of it. Especially if there no, was a bottle nearby. I'm saying Daffy. I reckon he's a, he's tougher, and I like Stringer's <laughs> opinion on the uh, hot meat pie. Controversial to say he's good at glassing people. Well, who are um, you saying wins it, Banjo? Yeah, the flying one, Daffy Duck. What do, what do you reckon, Stringer? Who's winning it? Uh, Daffy with a meat pie or Donald with a sausage roll? Uh, Donald with a sausage roll. Okay, I don't know your reasoning for that, but. Right. I told you, it's more solid than a meat pie. Okay. He's basing right. it entirely on the uh, consistency of the beak. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Fair thanks enough. for listening to the Pleasant Footy what, Podcast. A better idea. One, apparently only scenario. one is a superhero. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll have actual football to talk about next week. Very, very well done if you sat through that. <laughs>